0: Welcome, my friends, to Scrymier of the MTG Advice Podcast. I'm Riley. And I'm Dennis. And we're here to solve your problems. Back once again, Dennis, with another uh, huge Riley, show. You did,
1: you did sand engineering, didn't you, in college a little bit?
0: Uh, I, I did a second, yeah. I, 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 it was the third degree that I started, and I did not, it was the only one I didn't finish. Um, uh, I have a question for you. So I'm recording
1: here, Yeah. and as I talk, it shows me how how high my volume is. And right now I'm hitting yes. like six decibels when I speak, Good. and maybe, maybe yep. like ten if I get a little louder. Mm-hmm. But
0: I start at negative fifty-four? Oh, you should you should be below zero. I'm sorry, you I'm below, be below zero. zero. I'm sorry, I'm yeah, below zero below.
1: yeah, I'm hitting like negative six.
0: Yeah, you wanna you wanna hit between between six and three. You never so what does go... this what does this mean? <laughs> so oh jeez, I did learn this and now I've I've forgotten it all. Um okay, instead I'm gonna smoke bomb you with a diversionary fact. Do you know that decibels are measured logarithmically? Yes, so, I did know that. Oh damn it. Okay, so 60 decibels is actually 10 times louder than 50 decibels, not yeah. uh yeah. Um oh it's I'm going to have to I'm going to have to go back and check my notes from years ago. There's there's something about it when you get to zero, it's about measuring like You know how with electricity there's like volts and amps and all that sort of stuff?
1: Yeah, so it's like sound, frequency frequency and volume are separate things and stuff. Sound
0: yeah, sound has different different attributes that are measured in decibels in different ways. I can't remember It's when it's an electrical signal or a digital signal compared to an analogue signal or something like that, I'm I'm probably embarrassing myself. I mean, I, I turned down a job. I got offered a job as a sound engineer at a t on a TV show. Yeah, you told me this, yeah. A- and they dodged a bullet there, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> with evidently. Me, with me turning it down. <laughs> yeah, no. I used, to, I used to work in like Foley, on a Foley stage as well. That was good yeah, fun. Yeah, we talked
1: about this once before. The secrets yeah. of the Foley industry or whatever. Is that episode, secrets of the Foley industry, that's episode it. Episode yeah. 21 or whatever. Yeah, right, so, uh, so you would obviously have embarrassed yourself on that show Clearly, but you know what you wouldn't embarrass yourself, Riley, is selling cards to Channel Fireball this week, especially oh, if it's your first time
0: selling cards. I've heard about this. Now I'm a little annoyed. I should have <laughs> waited. I should have waited for a better deal. I sold all these cards. Like, Channel Fireball absolutely got me a couple of months ago when they're like, oh, sell us your cards. You win a Black Lotus. I was like, great. Sounds like a good deal. And so I sold my cards. I got $1,000 from Channel Fireball. I'm not complaining about that. But now all of a sudden, CP's like, oh, new, <laughs> new yes, sellers. Every
1: day, Every day we're, we give a box of Jumpstart away to a new seller. Uh, every ten dollars of cards you register is selling counts as an entry. So if you sell a hundred dollars, you get you have ten times. You get as much ten chances. like it's, raffle tickets, basically. It's not it's not logarithmic, unfortunately. You don't get yeah. ten times more for sixty than you do for fifty. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Riley, you're, you say you're annoyed that um you had to sell in the past. Uh, Riley yeah. Knight at gmail.com or whatever has sold, but um. Kylie Wright hasn't. Oh, cards. Riley, Riley Curry has Tower hasn't.
0: at gmail.com or whatever hasn't it? Huh? Yeah, Riley one one
1: two is open for business.
0: Start, start hacking the mainframe. Start getting in there with those, uh, with those sock puppets. Um, well, look, you know, speaking personally, uh, I know that I'm also paid to say this, but um, I've <clears> talked <throat> about the lunch that I had with Danny, right? So no. when at oh, yes. I went and had lunch with, yeah, this is before lockdown. I went and had lunch with Danny, and he's like, "Oh, here you go." Da, da, da. And Danny's got a massive, that massive. He was a standard grinder, and so he has just a massive collection. And I was like, "Dude, you should sell your cards, to And he was like, "Are you just doing an ad read at, at our lunch?" At lunch. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, yeah. Actually, it kind of is that. Like, I was trying to give advice. This to a friend, tuna like, sandwich is sell- brought to
1: you by Channelfarber. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, that's kind of what happened. I accidentally did an ad read in real life. But in that's some ways, this deal if you is. buy, if you buy lunch,
1: lunch is brought to you by Channelfarber.
0: It is actually, yeah. A percent, like a, a large percentage of my income comes from CFB. So, like, if I go out and buy <laughs> and buy Megan dinner one night, I'm like, hey. These chicken wings brought to you by Channel Five. place <laughs> to, buy, <laughs> to buy and sell you. To, yeah. But listen, um, no, look, look, and I'd like to say say that all the listeners of this podcast are, are our friends, Dennis. Yeah, close so, friends. Close friends, in fact. Uh, so I'd like to give them a little bit of advice, and that is send your cards. You should. If you don't want them, it's actually a good way to get rid of them. It takes out a lot of the hassle, and um, the buy list rates are whatever you think they are, right? Because often, like, car- card stores will shaft you. Mm. I still remember the Clefairy that I sold to um The Clefairy. Uh, I did. I opened a Clefairy and I went into what was it called? Mind Games, I think. I can't remember what it was called. It was on Glenfree Road in Australia, in in Melbourne. And I went in there with this Clefairy. And they were selling it in the in the little, you know, in the like the glass display cabinet mm. for twelve bucks. And I think, oh, that's so great. I can sell it, right? And I can buy like, I don't know, a Blastoise or something with it, because I didn't have a I had a water deck and not a not a, a normal type deck, didn't need this Clefairy. 12 bucks, beautiful. So I go and say, oh, you know, I've got this thing to sell. I'm like, okay, we'll give you $4 for it. I said, well, that's not fair. It's t- you're, it's $12 in the window. You should give me 12 And they're like, that's not how it works, kid. I, I learned a stern lesson that day. Nothing Dennis.
1: personnel, kid.
0: Exactly. I learned a stern lesson about the uh, economics that day. But I'll I tell you this. You're not going to get shafted by CFB right mm. they might have give you twelve dollars for the Clefairy, but they'll give you a an appreciable fraction of it they're not saying they're gonna give you four dollars for it and so you'll be pleasantly surprised by the buy list rates for these cards you should sell it. you should re- you really should do it and now you know if this no, nothing has got you across the line already this new like winner box of jump start thing should should get you there I mean just you're just going to open an infinite creative beam it's going to have a great time to have a great time um anyway that's the ad crush that that's really good send that one to Sasso get you know him to approve you, you, that you know
1: anyone else we can crush Riley? Go on. Our opponents' mana bases.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Let's get to this here because we had uh, last week we talked about mass land destruction in EDH, and I, I'm firmly anti mass land destruction, and Dennis is firmly anti EDH. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> But uh, we had some interesting, uh, some interesting discussion on the on the Scrum River Discord. If you go to bit.ly/slash join uh, join Riley's Discord, you can see people weighing in on uh, on the stuff that was discussed. And Dennis, we had a couple of people with some interesting responses to what they thought about MLD in uh, in EDH. Mm.
1: Vin the Human writes in Riley, which is by the way Very suspicious. A weird thing to say, Vin the Human. I mean- very I mean, hello
0: I, fellow humans I mean I wasn't I didn't for one thing, second think Vin wasn't a human but now I'm now suspicious, I'm suspicious yeah. now I'm yeah. Vin the question. Human
1: writes in and says for me it would depend on the group when using mass land destruction I am playing with rando- if I'm playing with randos at a shop I would steer away from it unless someone else is also doing it Oh, so it's like a mutually assured land destruction thing when it comes to playing with regulars we will sometimes make decks that are not necessarily competitive but more cutthroat wait what <laughs> we are still playing with subpar cards but someone might bring Tanglewire slash Tap Effects. Well, those will pick Wildfire Effects or cards that just can gain control of everything. But we know that we wouldn't pit those decks against non-cutthroat decks that we have. Basically, mm-hmm. if everyone's doing it, it's not going to be an issue since you know what you signed up for.
0: And this is, I mean, this is the take, right? This is a nice, balanced, even take. If, if everyone's on board with it, I think it's fine. But if you sit down against randos or you sit down against people you don't know that well, or you just want to remain friends with the people that you play with mm. and haven't sort of had them sign off on it, I don't think you should be playing Mass Land Destruction. I agree with uh, Tyron Phillips as well. One of the big problems, as Tyron points out, <clears throat> is when people play Mass Land Destruction because it's quote-unquote funny mm. or they just want to spend their mana. And, like, if you're going to sit at an EDH table and hog all the fun to yourself, you are so completely missing the point of games of commander because it's a, it's a communal experience you can play competitively that's fine fun but is like, zero sum mate what are you talking about fun is not zero sum fun is that. zero sum and I want all of it you want every single drop of the fun you're not going to share the fun with you anyone you
1: know what my favorite EDH attack I've ever had was which I think will explain to
0: you how I approach EDH was it the Melech is it Paragon one no 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 no. it was oh it was the confusing counters one
1: that was no 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 no, no.
0: oh wow okay it was,
1: <laughs> let me look up the card so we should get the name right. It was a Zedru deck.
0: All oh, Zedru the Great Heart. Yeah, where yeah, you so give things that are money, yeah, yeah. give
1: people aggressive minds, so they can't play lands, yada yada. yada. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what the win condition is, Riley? Go on. Divine Intervention.
0: Divine Intervention, what's that?
1: Divine Intervention reads, <clears throat> let me get the, the actual gatherer text for you because I'm sure this guy's yeah, the Oracle text here. Yeah. will yeah. pull it up here because it's incredibly slow. That's
0: good. So Zedra decks. I've never had a good time with Zedra decks. Like I built one and I just couldn't ever get it to work. This is the winning
1: edition, Riley. It's an enchantment that costs like seven mana, maybe two and eight. Divine Intervention enters the battlefield with two Intervention counters on it. At the beginning of your upkeep, remove an Intervention counter from Divine Intervention. When you remove the last Intervention counter, which is to say two turns later, obviously, the game is a draw. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. No, 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 one wins. Really. I have I have come as a benevolent leader in Zedru. Yeah. Everybody wins.
0: <laughs> and so you just have to protect that for like two turns. And, and, then, and then everyone, wins. Oh, and then it's a draw. <laughs> That is so unsatisfying. It's so good. For, so,
1: I, I would disagree. <laughs> I would say it's incredibly satisfying. Jeez.
0: I love how the fact, like, and you, you've wrought yourself a real iron castle there as well. Because when people are like, oh, jeez, it's just Dennis wanting to have all the fun again. You're like, what are you talking about? I let everyone win. Everybody win. win you suck dude you suck Mitch I, like, Kyle you, has a
1: take here on Mass Land Destruction already there I did say I just listened to the latest episode and I might be late to the party on Mass Land Destruction well good news Mitch you're not but no. MLD is okay to play in Commander I don't mm-hmm. really see anything wrong with playing MLD it does get the game over with quickly in one way or another when decks are purposeful <laughs> yeah, to take advantage of MLD it puts the game away very quickly Quickly, it's fair well those are separate statements I
0: mean oh, these, these are two different messages that we, we we put together for Mitch here but uh it's, I guess, like, you know, Armageddon is, is best when you go, like, one drop, two drop, three drop, Armageddon, attack and attack you. for six or ten every turn, right? Like, that's, that's what you want to do. And in games like a matter, it's just like, I don't know, I don't want to be stopped from doing the things that I want to do. I, 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 I mean, I do, I do concede the point that usually Mass Land Destruction will end, end the game one way know, or another true. because usually either you mash, win the game. Mass
1: Land Destruction just massively extends the game in my experience.
0: I was more thinking that everyone will just get up and concede, but yes, that, oh, sure. <laughs> that, <yeah. laughs> but no, it doesn't. It does end the game functionally by just having people hate it. But yeah, if if you if you Armageddon and set everyone back to like you know a land in play or whatever the next turn, it it, it does slow down the game enormously. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if people if, if decks are custom built to use. well here's an interesting here's an interesting. This is more of an advice question now that comes in from Specs, and I'm interested to get your take on this one, Dennis. Spec says. I run Armageddon in my Avacyn Angel of Hope EDH deck. That's the eight mana, eight, eight flyer that makes that you control indestructible, mm-hmm. right? I only ever play it when I have my Avacyn out and it's the only land destruction of the card besides World Slayer. Um, in my mind, I am not the asshole for playing these cards because they don't reset the game to zero when they cast. They reset everyone else to zero, <laughs> leaving me with all of my resources to clean up and win in only one or two turns. Am I still breaking the social contract for playing them? If you only cast the Armageddon after you've got your Avisen. It's kind of like that's the that's that's the psych- that's the cyclonic rift into attack with all. And I actually think that's okay. So there's, two right? things,
1: there's two things at play here uh, as to why mm. people don't like mass destruction, which is what was mentioned up above when uh, Tyrone in and said, talked about people doing it because it's mm-hmm. funny. Resetting everyone yeah. to zero to just like waste everybody's time for the next 10 minutes while you functionally restart the game is yep. annoying. Yep. Removing someone's ability to play their spells and they have to sit at them and stare them at their hand is also a different kind of annoying the nice yeah. thing is the latter one, like which is what Specs is talking about, does often just end the game. Because as I recall, Riley, yes. Avison also swings in the air for damage.
0: Yes. So. Attacks, I mean, attacks for eight, right? So assuming you've got any kind of a board, you play Avison, you play Armageddon, you can probably just pick him off over the next couple of turns. So I don't mind that if it's a dedicated win condition. We have, um, in the playgroup I usually play with, we have a rule against infinite combos, right? But I, in one of my decks, had uh, in my blink deck, I had, I had Restoration Angel and Kiki Jiki. Because independently those cards are really, really good mm. in my deck, right? In a blink deck, both of those cards are going to be really good. Um, but we just kind of had a soft house rule that I just wouldn't ever blink my kiki, cheeky with a resto or, or whatever. Um, but then that rule got amended to if the game has gone on for like an hour and someone's just waiting, you know, if it's just like, all right, we're going to win, break glass in case of emergency, we want we want this game to be over, then it could be used like that. So I don't know, I guess your, your group can come to some kind of arrangement about how they want to deal with this sort of stuff. But uh, broadly speaking, this is the, reason, this is the reason I
1: don't like Commander, man. It really is. Every, all We get so many questions that are like specific edge cases ruining my Commander experience, be it mismatched power level decks, yeah. be it someone builds an infinite combo, be it someone builds a deck to hate out my deck, yeah. be it I get picked on, be it somebody plays mass land destruction. At some point, Commander's the problem.
0: It's flexibility... Yeah, but it's a bit like D&D. Its, in, it's it,
1: variety is its greatest downfall. It's a
0: bit like D&D in that sense that like you can have the most miserable experience playing a, a D&D with a, a, in a group that doesn't have the same culture. Like, isn't a good culture fit, if you want to use that kind of terminology.
1: But there is one person who decides everything in D&D yeah, at the end and, of the day. The DM can just give a player character a brain aneurysm and remove them from the game if they want. Yeah, but
0: that's not like... I don't know. It's not a fun no, but but he, it, like
1: he, 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 one person is judge jury and executioner in D&D. But
0: what I'm saying is D&D and EDH have something in common in that they both have a level of um, flexibility and the rules are mutable. You know, you don't mm-hmm. like Sol Ring ban it in your group. If everyone agrees, you know, in D&D, like if you don't like the way, I don't know, critical hits work, then you can change the way they work or whatever. And that is one of its greatest strengths. But, but also- the fact
1: that the fact that everybody has to do that. Or make those kinds of decisions so regular makes you feel like the format's fundamentally pretty flawed.
0: Well, I think the difference between D- the reason it works in D and D, the reason it works, it doesn't work in EDH, is because when you sit down to play at D and D with the Adventurers League, you don't have that kind of mutability, and uh, but mm-hmm. that's much less uh, common than sitting down and playing against strangers with EDH. Like mm-hmm. you must much more likely to play D and D with your friends than you are with a bunch of strangers. So, yes, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. So look, I'm not going to try to back away from the point you're making because it's a good one. EDH is a flawed way of playing the game, but it can also be very fun and I guess you've just got to find your little uh, your little niche and uh, and hope that you find players who are on the on the same level as you. Um or just be like Dennison. Give up give up on EDH altogether, which is Yeah. Uh, you know
1: cash out, quit out, side card so
0: shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Riley, it's time for a slightly spookier segment of the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, tuck yourself in, hide behind the couch, draw the curtains, or hold your bang. It's time for LGS Horror Stories.
0: A, uh, one submitted here. Overhype
1: this a little bit, because we only have one
0: this week. That's yeah, it's whatever. It's, it's, sorry, it's time for LGS Horror Story. Story, yeah. Uh, this one comes uh, comes to us from ST Bed. Uh, saint Bed. Saint Bed. Saint Bed, yes. The patron saint of oversleepers everywhere. <clears throat> I have such trouble getting out of bed in the morning. Do you? Do you have the same thing? Like uh, I usually like just swing myself to the side and sit up. Yeah, I don't know about you. I have. I can't do it. I like. I have. I know. Here's a question.
1: So you're lying. You're lying horizontal at a zero degree angle, right? Ideally. So do you pivot while lying down, or do you sit up and then pivot your legs out of the bed? I'm gonna have to. I don't know. I'm gonna have to check. Your bed's behind you. Just demonstrate. I'll watch. I'll narrate for the okay, audience. Okay.
0: All right. I'm gonna go. Well, this isn't my bed. This is the spare room. I'm in my spare room. All right. It's okay. a bed. Here we go.
1: So Riley's Riley's moving it okay. over a little bit. Lie down. He's lying down. Oh, that's
0: very good. Oh, I've made a mistake, Dennis. Oh, oh he's not gonna want to oh, get up now. Oh, oh, all right. All right. Now get out of the bed. I'm gonna do the rest of the podcast from here.
1: <laughs> I don't it's think you can down. do the rest of the podcast from there, buddy. All right, okay. All
0: right. I'm gonna get out of bed. Hang on a second. Okay. I gotta get out of bed. Right. Ooh, it's one
1: it's motion. One motion. It's and you support of, with your hands. Yeah, I
0: definitely do a push-up with the hands and then swing my legs over. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of all one fluid motion there. But I have such trouble getting out of bed, man. I wake up and, like, even if I've got stuff to do, a place to go, people to see... I'm always like, I oh, just. Uh.
1: What if? What if the shoe responsibility is in bed though?
0: Yeah, it's just oh, I'm very bad at it. I'm very bad. I, I, I do. I do leave an offering at the at the altar you of gotta, Saint you, Bed.
1: You, you, you got to say a prayer to Saint Bed. Say to Saint Bed. Prayer to that's, Saint bed
0: that's it. No, I've got to, I've got to release myself from the tyranny of Saint Bed. That's the problem.
1: Oh, maybe it's like he's like a Daedric Lord in Skyrim Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. I've, I've suffered the curse of Saint Bed. It's uh, it's it's really not ideal. Anyway, Saint Bed asks, <clears> or <throat> oh, doesn't ask? Writes in with an LGS horror story. Also, slash power move. This story, shamelessly stolen from my younger brother. Love it, Dennis. You wouldn't understand as an only child. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, poaching the achievements of your younger siblings is a, is a broad, a, a, a proud tradition of your older siblings everywhere. Uh, sorry, shamelessly stolen from my younger brother, but I was there at the time, so I think it counts. The first time we ever went to an LGS was at the Born of the Gods pre-release. At that time, my brother mm-hmm. was about 12, so old enough to play, but young enough that people felt that like they could take advantage of him. Yep, Of course. It was a close game, but he managed to force Game 3 and had his opponent, who was at least 30, dead on board to a single flyer. His opponent then pulled the classic, you drew before, you untapped your cards, you skip your untap step, that's been mentioned before. We have talked about that. The odd, oh, miss your untap step so you don't get to untap. Beautiful. That would not only prevented my brother from winning that turn, but also would have allowed his opponent to swing for lethal the next turn. Instead of arguing about it, my brother let it happen, went to first main, tapped, uh, his untapped island and cast triton tactics to untap his flyer and swing for lethal anyway. This is
1: pure power move. Like this, is, this, isn't, this is an LGS horror story. This is a that guy is the asshole and a power rolled, rolled into one.
0: It's like a bad thing that happened in an LGS. I guess if they'd gotten away with it, it would have been a horror story. But yeah, it was a horror story where all of a sudden the people didn't die. No, yeah, yeah, they got away with it. They were safe, Dennis. They made it out of Wonderful. the haunted house. Wonderful. Yeah, that's really good. I really enjoy got that strong,
1: one. Strong, strong moves from I assume Saint Crib.
0: Yes, Saint Bed and Saint Crib. Yes, mm-hmm. Saint Cradle. <laughs> Saint Cradle. Yeah. All right, Dennis, it's time for everyone's favourite segment, a segment that we haven't seen a huge amount recently. It's it's just we revisit it every now and again when we get one that uh, that clears the bar, and we do this week. It's time for Power Move. We've only got one. Uh, this one comes from James. You wanna you wanna let us know what James? Paramoove classic. James yeah, cl- DM'd classic. me. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. DM'd me on Twitter, right? Because he was worried he wouldn't get noticed in the cavalcade of messages in the Discord.
0: Oh yeah, he's getting big time. Getting big time by me. That's it.
1: J. writes in and says, Paramu, when taking control of an opponent's permanent, remove it from the sleeve and put one of your own (laughs) (laughs) sleeves on it. To take a step further, when the game ends, don't fix it. Just give them back their empty sleeve and their card is still in your sleeve. For the full trifecta, if they look at you confused or annoyed because you didn't put their sleeve back on, act embarrassed, apologetic, and flustered as you dig around your belongings. For a Sharpie, confidently <laughs> sign your sleeve and give it a friendly, there you go, kiddo. Bonus points if double-triple sleeving is involved.
0: <laughs> I love that as well, because it's definitely going to provoke a very visceral reaction from someone. Like, when you get a Sharpie and bring it near their card, they go, uh-huh. oh, it's a, you're going to sign the sleeve. But still, like you're definitely going to get a big flinch out of them there. That's really strong. Oh, man. You like that a lot, don't you?
1: I love that a lot. Would you ever, how, I would love it if you, without asking, signed people's cards when you played Magic. <laughs> like, Do you a GP. know
0: what? I would do it if I had a replacement I could give them. Let's mm-hmm. say like a growth spiral or something like a common. Mm-hmm. And I was if I had like a good rapport with someone and I knew I was going to be able to give them like a mint condition growth. Sp- uh, even then, no, it's not because what if they've got like a what if their friend gave them that particular growth spiral? No, I can't. You can't
1: do oh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mother gave me this growth spiral on her deathbed, Riley.
0: <laughs> yeah, this growth spirals in my grandfather's deck. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I probably
1: my grandfather's deck has no weak cards. <laughs>
0: Well now it's got one signed by me in it. Yeah, no, I guess I guess I actually wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. That that would be a, a very even for like some rubbish common, it, you don't know the value that they have attached to these cards, so no, you can't. That
1: do was that. a what I just made was a Yu-Gi-Oh reference. Did you ever watch Yu Gi Oh?
0: I never watched Yu-Gi-Oh! No. Did you ever play Yu-Gi-Oh? I didn't even play it. No, I Yu-Gi-Oh! understand a broken game, bud. <laughs> so I've heard. Uh, okay, here's all the knowledge I have on Yu-Gi-Oh. Riley. Oh, perfect, perfect. Righty. tell
1: me the plot of Yu-Gi-Oh!.
0: Okay. There's a, a kid there's a kid who has hair like a super saiyan.
1: Yep. What's his name?
0: Yu-Gi-Oh! yu gi Yugi? Yugi? Is-,
1: Yugi is correct, yeah. Yugi, yes.
0: Okay. Um and he has a deck that was given to him by his grandfather.
1: Yes, what's his grandfather's name?
0: Yu No, go- Solomon. Oh, of course, Solomon, <laughs> sorry, excuse me. Um, I think okay. it's different in the Japanese
1: one. But and he so goes around
0: know. with this deck, fighting nerds. Um, they <laughs> have they they have not the clock system in that universe is not very well developed because rather than having one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, they only have one time, which is, is to it's duel. time to duel. Yeah, yeah, it's just, yes, to duel. Um, they have card the deck. You're like
1: looking at the clock and it's like my heavens, look at the time and every yes, hand says is, to duel
0: is to duel. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they've got a thing they strap to their arm where they keep their decks in. Dude, uh, that's called a
1: dual disc and it d- slips out. and you, you don't keep your decks. That's where you play the game. Oh, you play it that's on a little... That's the battlefield. That's a play right, mat. No,
0: no table required. No table required. Exactly. No table required. Okay. A friend
1: of mine had one. You used to be able to buy them and he was oh, he was the coolest guy on the block because he had a dual disc. It was wildly yeah. impractical. The last slot was way too small for cards. It would just destroy your cards. You realize
0: now it's probably just deployed by Konami to get you to buy more cards. Oh, very smart. That's so smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah no, that's about it. That's all I know. Other there's and then there's I know the my grandfather's deck has no bad cards or something. That's an episode one, yeah. Yeah, okay. So what's is how how close was I?
1: Pretty close. You missed the plot of the show. So the plot Which of the is... show to begin with
0: is the creator of the. So
1: let me put this into magic terms, right? Okay. So if magic in, in in Magico the anime, right? You would be <laughs> Magico. You, you would you would be Riley Knight, and what you. Okay. what would happen is you would your father would your grandfather would own a card shop, right? Okay. And you would get a videotape. That was a message from Richard Garfield.
0: Okay. Yes. Inviting
1: you, yeah. it's probably more accurately, Mark Rosewater now, but anyway, inviting you to his private island to play magic with a bunch of other people. Of, you're 11, like by the way. You're like a child. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You're being invited to his private island. And as a way to get you to go to the private island, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. the videotape would capture your grandfather's soul. Okay, and then it would pull. Then Richard Garfield would reach out of the television and pull you in to play magic against him in the shadow realm for your soul, <laughs> and then you would win and get your grandfather's soul back. But he wouldn't really give it back, so you'd have to go to the island. And the island yeah. was basically a tournament where everybody gets a, a gauntlet that has two stars in it. Okay, okay. And you you wander in the island and you challenge people to games in these giant holographic arenas. Yeah, that spring out of the ground. And when you beat someone, you take one of their stars. And when nice. you have no stars left, you get thrown into the sea or whatever.
0: Yeah. So, like, well, the same, same as magic. You're like, you, you, you can usually take two losses. Yeah. And, and when you it. get yeah, to ten yeah.
1: stars, you yeah. get to go to the castle for, like, the, the, the finals bracket or whatever. Oh, so it's just a PTQ. It's basically just a double elimination PTQ. Yes. Yeah, it's a double elimination PTQ. Okay, sure. All right. And then he, but-, but you also, then you find out that Richard Garfield has an ancient Egyptian eyeball that lets him see what cards are in your hand. Oh so he's running the cheats. He's big cheats He's running the cheats. Now you're also cheating because you have an ancient Egyptian pyramid that lets you transmogrify into uh, John Finkel
0: from 12,000 years ago who plays your games for you so you know so let me let me let me get this straight in Magico the anime, right yeah. you're an 11 year old kid and you get asked to participate in a PPTQ. Where the first prize is not only a it's like a million a dollars. is a PT, right? No, 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 no. The PPTQ. The first prize is you get to go to the island to play in the PTQ, but also you get your grandfather's soul back. Yes. Yes. Okay. Then you're going to play a PTQ on a, on a desert on a on a tropical island somewhere, and all the time you've got an earpiece in, right, where you can talk to like PV. No, 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 no.
1: You hoop. you have you can get out.
0: Yes. Oh, no, I know. I've read the... I, I, as with most horror horror films, I've read the Wikipedia plot synopsis, so I didn't you have to You go into,
1: it. like, subspace, and Paolo Vitor Davidoza or, or, or Luis or whoever takes over your body and plays for you. Oh. Okay. You also right. grow six inches and have a different voice actor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. So just, like, magic then, basically. And
1: beyond that, actually, yeah. the person who makes... So the person who makes the... The except the things the holograms for the game, which in this case would be like the CEO of Ultra Pro, I guess. Yeah, Ultra Pro
0: or <laughs> Ultimate Guard or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Comes to your house and you have an your grandfather has an Uro Riley, and this guy's a really serious competitive player, and he's got three Uros, and you can only yeah. have three Uros in your deck. All right,
0: okay. But yeah. there's only
1: four Uros in the world.
0: Oh, okay. Yes. So he
1: physically beats your father up, <laughs> your grandfather <laughs> up, until he gives him the Uro. And then just yeah. tears it in half so that no one so else no can one use else it can, against him. No one
0: else can use it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So much like magic in real life, really. I think we
1: might have just leaked the plot of that Netflix show, mate. I'm worried.
0: I'm worried. Well, no, maybe. Maybe this is like the. Maybe this will be a new tournament structure that 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 they bring in for this sort of stuff. So, here's your path to magic greatness. The first thing is we're going to steal your grandfather's soul. And yeah. then you're going to come to the Shadow Realm and battle back for it. Right? I work in marketing.
1: You- That's how you get qualified leads. That's how you get players
0: invested. Yeah, put something yes. on the table. Is by harvesting grandfather's souls. That's there's exactly it. That's- there's some
1: wild stuff. There's a woman in the tournament who scents all of her cards with different perfumes. So, she knows what she's going to draw next by smelling them.
0: They- so, it sounds like... You've got to watch this rife- show. It sounds like you're rife with cheating.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's a team of guys who I think seem to live on the island, but they're like Shaolin monks and they do flips and stuff and they build a maze you have to play in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You got to watch this show, man. Oh, it sounds wild. I want to go back to the smelling thing. That is completely unfeasible. Yeah, my yeah, it's, they would all just mix, right? <laughs> They'd all just mix. Like you yeah. wouldn't be able to. You'd be like, oh well, it's one of sixty cards. I, I can smell, you know, hints. I can smell hints of Gucci in there, or Miss Bloody. Flo- I don't know what it is. I've spent enough time in airports to know what all the on the, the boat are. to the
1: island. Another oh, here so we go. so. You're Riley. Yeah. You're going to the island, right? And on the boat yeah. to the island. There's another player who only plays insect decks, right? And his name is, just pick a name out of our hat, you know, J- J- Jameen Kauf or something, just like a random yep, name.
0: Yep, yep, yep. And
1: he comes up to you and is like, "Oh Riley, you got this really cool play set of, God, I don't know, like Nissa's, right? And you're like, okay. yeah, yeah. And he takes them and is like, wow, these are really, really rare. They're really hard to get. And you're like, yeah. And he throws them into the sea. <laughs> And in this world, your best friend, which in this world would be me, I guess, I yeah. dive into the sea
0: <laughs> to yeah. fish these cards back out for you. Oh, thanks, Dennis. How am I ever going to get them to fit in a sleeve again? Have you seen one oh, of the last there's no sleeves. Everybody
1: like? is just raw dogging it in Yu Gi Oh!
0: Just raw dogging it. I guess you're going to be able to tell when you can draw. You don't need to perfume the Nissa. So you can just tell when you're going to draw. it's this waterlogged card still <laughs> yeah, dripping. It's, yeah. it's U shaped. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, that's Yu Gi Oh! That's Yu Gi Oh! done. Um. <laughs> sounds like I need to watch this this anime you I actually should I'm a fan it's- of anime but that is yeah that is the
1: best part is because is if you watch the dubbed version it's edited by four kids so it's a lot that's pretty um, muted uh, which is to say like like Kaiba's goons will burst in and point guns at someone but yeah. there's no guns on Nickelodeon so Kaiba's goons will po- po- dive into the room and just point their fingers aggressively at people and they'll be like, like oh that. no I'll come with you right away
0: <laughs> I like that a lot it's great that's very good that's oh mate, all right. This sounds like a wild ride. It sounds like a wild that's ride. That's crazy. All right, Dennis, we got an uh, we got an actual factual advice question here. Once again from Vin the Human. Again, just just Vin would have been fine.
1: It, yeah, it is really weird for a person to write in an advice podcast on, for an advice question into our Yu Gi Oh Watch Along podcast. But I guess that's fine. Yeah, that's
0: I guess, I, guess we'll, I will take it. Yeah. Anyway, this comes from Vin, the, the carbon based life form. Um, who needs some advice? I have played MTG since '96, long time. Been a judge, tournament organizer, mentor to many new players over the years. The problem I'm having is with getting people uh, I'm close to regularly into wanting to start playing Magic. The all discuss wanting to get to learn, uh, uh, wanting to learn or play, but every, every time I bring it up, I tend to hear the same reason they don't want to play with me is because I've been playing for so long and they're scared they're going to get destroyed. I try to ensure them while I've been play, playing for so long, this, the thing I enjoy most is playing with newer people because I get to see uh, things be rediscovered by others. I also let them know that while there are lots of rules, you don't need to know them all to start playing. I've even gone so far as to make decks the focus on different aspects of the game to get used to, just like playing and attacking creatures, add sorceries for game two, then instance etc., etc. How best can I coax people into playing this wonderful game? So, well, this is a... Uh, there's the, a
1: misstep immediately here, I think, in, in, in your reasoning, on. vid. And your, 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 your intent is good, but your reasoning is flawed. They say, okay. uh, oh, I'm scared' going to get destroyed. And your answer to that is, what I enjoy most is playing with new people because I get to see things that are rediscovered by others. That does not make a compelling yeah. offer to them. That is why you want them to play. What I would say is, if I, Dennis Straniak, by all accounts, a relatively mediocre Magic player... Play against John Finkel, I will win not far off half the time, like yeah. thirty-five yeah. or forty percent of the time, probably.
0: Yeah, you'll still win. Yeah. So
1: like, there is a, enough of an element of variance, and it's baked into the game by design for situations like this that newer players mm-hmm. can feel like they have agency, and either the, and they, when they lose, it might be close. So I would I would press that angle a little bit, be careful because you don't want it to make it something like, to make sound of like the game is just a crap shot every time but um, you're doing very, the right thing for sure about taking simple decks without instant sorceries to begin yes. with. Instead. That's absolutely correct.
0: Yeah. And just... I think the way you frame it, yeah, yeah. as you were saying, because the thing I was going to say is the difference between Magic and, say, chess, right? In a game of chess, the better player should win 100% of the time, mm-hmm. right? Ideally. That's what should happen Win chess, right? Yeah. There's no variance. There's no hidden information. Um, But with Magic, it's not like that. So I think it's reasonable for people to see this and be like, well, you've been playing for, you know, whatever, nearly what, 25 years or whatever, um, there's no way I can beat you. It's like, well, no, it's not like tennis or it's not like chess. It's not like another game where, you know, 25 25 years of skill is going to carry me in every single game. There's a very
1: real element of variance in luck. Yeah, exactly.
0: And there are decks where your play skill is pretty heavily, like, held back. You know, if you play with those intro decks. Sideline, yeah. Like your play skill... Will be muted if you play with 30 card intro decks or whatever. Jumpstart mm. is a great place for this sort of thing, right? Jumpstart seems p- like perfect, perfect for this, yeah. For getting people into it because at the very beginning, there's no like the buy in is so low, right? They don't have to do any deck building mm-hmm. to do anything like that, but they're getting the idea of like themed decks. They have a little bit of control over because they can pick two archetypes they like the look of, you know, they can go cats and unicorns or whatever. Um, so this may be the way to do it, but I think just one of the things that really got me on magic was watching other people and seeing how much fun it looked, you mm. know, and if you're the sort of person who's going to get hooked by magic, you only need to really watch one or two games before. So I don't know, maybe if you could just like accidentally, ex- oops, Oh, you happen to see me playing this game of magic. Oh no, don't watch. Like if that's, if they're the sort of people who are going to get hooked, that's going to, that, that offense going to work. If you need to give them a little more cajoling, I don't know. You can trade hobbies with them. You can say, like, if you play a couple of games of Magic with me, I'll come and do, like...
1: I'll try and Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll do
0: some crocheting. I'll do some extreme ironing with you or something. Um, it really depends on the situation. But I think Dennis has got a good point with, you know, um, try to focus on what they're going to get out of it. And, you know, I'm not saying... I don't think Vin's going mm-hmm. there and be like, no, play this game because I want to watch... In, I want to yeah, enjoy no, I, I watching that's the you. either. But if that's, if that's the vibe you're giving off, people might... And also, you can't be too keen, Right.
1: I've ruined many a person playing Magic by being super. I mean,
0: it's not. It's not even just Magic. It's it's anything. It's when people are like, um, oh, uh, um, you know, watch this anime. Here, here's the DVD. Did you watch it yet? No. Why haven't you watched it? Here,
1: Right. Why haven't you played League? Yeah, with exactly. Guy?
0: I mean, that works in your case. I guess I, I've I've proven me very. Although I haven't played League with you very much recently.
1: No, and you and you and you say we haven't talked as much as we used to, and those are related.
0: Yeah, I don't like the fact that I have, to play a, I have to play a rubbish video game just to hang out with my best mate. Like that's not ideal. Well, listen,
1: I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm busy. I'm, cool, I, excellent. I, thanks, thanks very much, dude.
0: No, that's good. That's thanks for the lot of confidence in our friendship. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. You can't always uh, you can't always get people over the line, but uh, Jumpstart, Jumpstart's a good place to do it. Vin, sell all your cards, to channel fireball, win a box of Jumpstart, and use that to uh, to coax people into the game. Easy. Perfect.
1: Right, we got some people worried about the status of their magical assholes. That gets you every time, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> oh, dear. The status or the, the existence thereof. Yes, yes indeed. Yes, that's true. All right, our first one comes from Cheesy Puffy. Our first M of the asshole question here. <clears throat> Me and my friends play pretty casual EDH. We have a mass ban mm-hmm. on land destruction. Love it. Uh, mm-hmm. My friend plays... Well, actually, targeted land destruction is fine. Like, t- And I would argue Golden necessary, rain, yeah. but mass land destruction, no good. Um... My friend plays a janky suspend deck with Jorah of the Gitu. He is suspended Bearer of the heaven, Heavens from OG Theros. Uh BB, Which is, an, importantly, a bend of the land destruction rule. That's the one that destroys... Um, Everything. Yeah, just all, all other permanents, right? Uh, uh, so, suspended uh, suspended Bearer of the Heavens, and I hatch my plan. I, etern- I eternal witness my heroic intervention back into my hands and then when the last time counter was removed from the bear of the heavens, I proceeded-, proceeded to bedevil the bear of the heavens to destroy it and in response to the trigger, cast intervention. While my friend is technically the one who played the land destroying card, I initiated it. Also, while we value a fun game, it was technically the correct play. I didn't think before doing it as I figured it was cool and didn't consider that it would devastate my opponents. Am I the asshole? No. No. If they brought the gun to the knife fight and you shoot them with it, that's their problem. Like, absolutely not. Like, you're playing two totally reasonable cards, Bedevil and, um... Uh, divine Intervention, Divine Intervention, like, uh, Heroic Intervention. No problem at all. Sorry. And divine then Adventure your the opponent drawer. gets annoyed when they're playing a card that is basically MLD, and you get the better... No! Get, like, get out of town! Get out of town! No, no absolutely not. Not even not. close
1: to the asshole, cheesy, puffy. Genius. Genius play.
0: Gen- I mean, high-level play. High-level, big brain. That's some wrinkled brain stuff there, Dennis. Wodar
1: writes in, Riley, and at the risk of getting a little bit derailed from Magic the Gathering on our very serious magic-focused podcast. Well, we never talk about anything other than magic. No, we didn't spend five minutes inventing a magic anime that would get instantly sued by Shonen Jump. But anyway, (laughs) Wodar writes in and says, a few weeks ago, I was up early and hungry, so I made myself an egg burrito. Very good. While mixing the eggs, my father came down and asked what I was making. I told him. This is written so dramatically. Yeah. (laughs) He then proceeded to get a bowl of cereal, sit down and eat. I finished making my own breakfast. Later that day, my mother informed me that my father actually also wanted me to make him eggs, but he was expecting me to ask him. He was expecting me to ask him, do you want me to make you some too? And it was somehow rude of me not to. I am 100% of the opinion that it does not fall onto the cook to ask this question. If you want someone to make you food, you ask them. You are not an asshole here, This
0: is like, okay, at the very worst, right? I guess it's like, it's a little bit rude. Not even rude. Like, I guess you could just be like... Oh yeah, I can make you some too if you want or something. But like, you don't have to. Like, I don't know, man. Unless unless your dad asks a question, like sniffing the eggs as they come out. Mm, what are you making? What, what are you making there? What are you, like, you cooking? What are you cooking? <laughs> like this. Like if you didn't pick up on that cue, then maybe. But like, I mean, if your dad does that,
1: I think you might as well call an exorcist. <laughs> <for this. laughs>
0: Looks but like then, eggs back on the menu, boys. Like, what's just ask? Just ask. This is the equivalent of sort of, you know, you know when you know you, 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 your partner's like uh, you, they, they go, and you go, oh, what's wrong? And they go,
1: nothing, nothing.
0: <sighs> like this, I just I've got no time for that. I'm like, okay, great, I'm going to go back and play dead cells. <laughs> like, no. And your dad is like a fully grown man. He should be able to ask him. Like, you should be able to ask. His kid to make some eggs, you know, yeah. if he wants an if he wants an egg burrito. No, that's no, it was then, it was Getting the mum to then go to the kid and say yeah. like
1: that, that means there's a scene missing here where yeah, Papa Wodar goes, you will not believe what Wodar did this morning.
0: No, I do went you know in. what happened? No, 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 no. Back it up, right? Scene interior, right? The dad Wodar is household. sitting. <laughs> Wodar household. The dad sitting on the edge of the bed, right? Head in hands, despondent. Oh, like like I like looking down the floor, like uh, the picture of misery. Yeah, destroy, yeah, yeah. destroyed. Mother Woda walks in and says, "Darling, what's wrong?" He looks up. Right, a tear, a single tear down, his, uh, falling down his cheek. <sighs> Nothing. Oh. And she goes, oh, not this, not this again." And she goes, "Okay, I'm going to go okay. put this. So I'll see you later." <laughs> And then she has to, like, drag it out of him, like, say, oh, what's wrong with this sort of stuff? And then the the mum finally finds out it was the eggs at breakfast, has to go to Wodar and explain the situation.
1: No! Wodar, what you did is, at worst, mildly inconsiderate, but I think even that might be a stretch.
0: Even that might be a stretch. Like, even that is a bigger reach than bloody turret ogre, right? Like, this is is (laughs) not... Like, you can make your... I don't know, man. I don't, I look, I don't know the what the order. dynamic of the household is, especially as the dad like went and then got br- a bowl of cereal. You kind of wanted the eggs that much, Papa Woda. Mm. How bad did you want the eggs? You gone and you're eating your bloody all bran Like how much did you want the eggs? If you're happy to happy to settle for a bowl of cereal, I don't Can know, make man. Your own I don't know. Too,
1: mate. Can make your own eggs too.
0: Ugh, not into it. Not into it. Not the asshole. That is that for this episode of Scry Me Your River. It's been so good to have you company. Thanks for tuning into this dumb podcast once again, and of course, special thanks go to Channel Fireball, the very best place on the internet to buy and sell the way that you've been playing uh, video games throughout the week. Riley, it's time for. I
1: think tra- it's time. I think it's time for Charles Army River to go on hiatus.
0: Whoa! What? Why? Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. No. What? Yeah. I think people it's love a, it. Here's the here's the deal, Riley. I think mm-hmm. I think
1: I have a better replacement for the moment.
0: You've got a better replacement than Charizard Mia River. But Dennis, I Everybody, want to talk
1: about Dead Cells. I'll talk okay, talk about Dead Cells and then I'll, I'll Okay, I'll, All right. I'll, I'll All debut right.
0: my new podcast idea. <laughs> I've been playing Dead Cells. It's really fun. You should play it. It's uh you just missed the Steam sale on it, but it's so good. If you like um roguelike it's a metroidvania roguelike and mm-hmm. uh it's just it's it, the feeling i don't like the graphics very much i'm not into 8 bit graphics very much but the, it, it it feels like the the gameplay feeling it's like hades it's fluid it's dynamic it's uh, there's a broad spectrum of weapons there's like a reviewer i know
1: called anthony who calls that who calls the, uh, the combination of atmosphere and gameplay calls that the smell of the game
0: yeah the smell of the game yeah i'm not i'm not super into the the, the visuals to be honest music no. is an incredible <laughs> No, no, but that's what I said. The eight bit graphics don't really do it for me, but got it. the the music's incredible. The um, uh, it, it's just one of those games that like it presents you with a challenge, and the first time you come up against the challenge, you're like, I'm out, how am I ever going to beat this boss? This is impossible, mm-hmm. right? And then over the course of you know a couple of hours, you get good enough, and you get to the point, and it feels, oh, got it, did it, right? And then a couple of hours later, you're like, how did I ever find this hard, right? The progression, it's really, really good. It's it's a it's a it's a a, a fantastic game. Thank you to the people on the Discord who recommended it to me. I. I'm uh, I'm very very glad I bought it and yeah, Dead Cells. You should go and uh, you should go play it. It's uh, it's fantastic, man. I really need to get sponsorship from these companies. I keep shilling their games. games. <laughs> I'm seeing I'm seeing zero for it. Anyway, that may be the very last Charles Me River. What do we do? What do we do? Here we go. To, Dennis?
1: Everybody, right. including me and you, Riley, have homework for this week. Okay.
0: Okay. Great. Excellent.
1: Before next week, everybody, we gotta go find it wherever you can. And watch episode one of season one of Yu Gi Oh! Duelist Kingdom. <laughs> and we're going to do Yu Gi Oh! in review next week. Okay. <laughs> we're
0: go, okay. Episode one so what is, is, this? is Scry- called Scry-, bah- Scry Me a Shadow Zone. What is it? Yeah, Sh- yeah. Shadow Realm?
1: I'll think, well, uh, yeah, give, please give suggestions in the Discord. But episode one is called The Heart of the... All the episodes have two titles for some reason. Don't okay. know why. All right. Episode one is called The Heart of the Cards slash The Blood-Curdling Blue-Eyes-White-Dragon.
0: Oh, I. Th- those are two things that I also know about. Okay, hang on. Addendum to what I know about Yu-Gi-Oh. Pot of Greed allows me to draw two cards from top of my deck. <laughs> Correct. Um, I did know about what Blue-Eyes-White-Eyed Dragon or whatever it is. Um, uh, 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 Exodia. Exodia, I know that. And uh, Believing in the Heart of the Cards. I did know I had more Yu-Gi-Oh! culture stuffed in there. All right.
1: So, so for it- next week, Ryan and I are going to watch it and we're going to review episode one. And eventually, if this is one, we're just making it its own podcast. We'll just make it. <laughs> yeah, okay. One. All
0: right. Yeah. A Yu-Gi-Oh! Watch. All watch. right. So it's now a Yu-Gi-Oh! Review cast uh, instead of Hazmi- Haz- Charizard Me River. Charizard Me yeah. River. I mean, I'm sad to see it go, but I guess I can stop shilling. Now, you know what? We'll bring it back when I start getting paid to shill video games. That sounds much better. Exactly.
1: I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be really good. I'm excited to watch episode one of (laughs) you. All right. Samitsu no Borazio, Hawatio, Daragon,
0: apparently in Japanese. Beautiful. I can't wait. I can't wait. Can we do it together? Of course. Yeah, great. Excellent. All right, beauty. All right, my friends. That is that. Um, Let's... uh... Oh, actually, do you know what we'll do? Huh. We will do if you are a subscriber of my twitch stream or a patreon member of half assed history right Dennis and I will live stream us watching the um the the episode and you can tune in in one of the uh, in the discord like we'll we'll mm-hmm. live stream it to, but only to the to subs only subs only so there you go if you want to go and do that you can go to half there's a dot o dot net uh, sign up for the patron there you can get access to that so that'll be an exclusive sub only stream all right beautiful gotta do that for next week homework wonderful anyway we're done that's it anything else dennis we finished
1: yeah i think you can only
0: have 10 people in a discord channel already okay 10 people gotta get in there first gotta get in there quick you me though so it's eight <laughs> eight people gotta get in there nice and quick all right beautiful <laughs> All right, we're out of here. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you back next week for more, uh, more Yu-Gi-Oh uh, fa- Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, fan this casts. podcast
1: each <laughs> week more and more inexplicably sponsored by channelfireball.com. Exactly
0: right. Oh, dude, thank you to them. Thank you to Joe Kim Crud for the music. Thank you to Dennis and thank you to you for listening. And as Dennis always says, don't forget, stay fresh, cheese bags.